You're listening to episode 193 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. I'm serving up another conversation with an empowering, authentic entrepreneur who is helping us level up our business in 2021. Michelle Hartzman is a multiple six-figure business mentor and entrepreneur. Michelle helps female entrepreneurs show up authentically as themselves and stand out online while reaching six figures and beyond. Michelle and I talk about how you can start showing up in your business more authentically. She shares what type of content helps you gain more sales. We discuss the best visibility strategies for 2021 and so much more. This episode is brought to you by Spiritually Seeking. When you go to spiritually-seeking.com and enter the promo code podcast at checkout, you can save 20% off your order of numerology reports, affirmation cards, card readings, and spiritual life guidance. Head over to spiritually-seeking.com and use promo code podcast. While you're listening today, I would love for you to share what resonates with you. You can screenshot that you're listening and share it on Instagram, tag me in it at mindbizlife, or simply share this episode with a friend. Sharing helps get these life mastery conversations into the homes, cars, and earbuds of many. Are you ready to meet Michelle? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Lauren, thanks so much for having me. You are a multiple six-figure business mentor and entrepreneur. And let me tell you, that is straight up goals for so many. But I'm curious to know, was entrepreneurship always part of your plan or how did you get started on this path? I love this question because I think for most of us entrepreneurs, it wasn't our plan. And for me in particular, it definitely wasn't. You know, I had the typical, you know, life where I grew up with three sisters and everyone in my family had done the, they went to college and then you get the job and you get the job that pays the bills. And I did that, you know, I did that in my early twenties. However, in my early twenties, what I found was I was hopping from job to job. I felt like Goldilocks where it was Mm -hmm. like, this one's too hot. This one's too cold because nothing was making me happy. And so at one point I was about 25. I found myself looking on indeed.com monster.com, all the application websites. of just trying to find something that I thought I could do long-term. And I realized in that moment, what do I like to do? I had to sit there and actually ask myself that question. What do I want to talk about every single day? And it wasn't office stuff. It wasn't business management stuff. It wasn't anything that I was getting hired to do. And so in that moment, I realized, hey, I'm going to start a business. I had no idea what it looked like, <laughs> no <laughs> idea what I was doing um, at the time where I did start my business was in the health and wellness space. I loved talking about fitness and nutrition and I had my own journey. And so that's where I had started. I took money from my savings, sent myself out to Georgia for two weeks to get certified, came home and started an LLC and never looked back. Now, is it something that I would say to just like drop everything and start your business? No, but I would say if you feel something on your heart, this passion, this purpose, that's greater than where you're kind of sitting right now, explore it. Don't be afraid of those thoughts and you never know where it will lead you. Oh, I love that. And that's such an empowering message. I really like that you kind of hit on something that resonated with me of 
following that path and being that Goldilocks, too hot, too cold. Because I always had this thought process that when you graduate college or when you graduate high school, you just automatically walk into what you're supposed to do. Like almost like it's just served to you on a silver platter. And that was really my mindset. And then, you know, you get into the business world, especially corporate. And I had been told from a pretty young age that corporate was not designed for me, but I didn't believe it until I dipped my toes in it. And I did a very similar thing like you just really jumped into the water of entrepreneurship. Like, okay, let's go. But that is not for everyone. And it's a really, really hard thing to do. So kudos for you for trying it, but also where you were and what you started your business in is no longer what you're doing today. So how did you make that shift? Yeah, so I do have a background and in business. So it's all kind of come full circle at this time. And I share that with you guys because four years ago when I started my business, I did not know it would look like it is today. Like if you had asked me four years ago, I would have laughed in your face about the things that I'm doing. the things I'm creating, even, you know, having this conversation with you here today, Lauren, I wouldn't have thought that it could be at this point. Mm. However, in entrepreneurship, I think that's the biggest message here is keeping an open mind that where we are at day one is very different than where we are at day 365 and so on. And so for me, honestly, I love the health and fitness space. And my main mission when I started my business was to help people. That was like my mission statement. I just want to help people. I just want to help people. And what started happening was in my first year of business, I was very successful. I hit six figures and beyond. And I started having people reach out to me and saying, how can you help me do what you just did? How can you help me? And it was this natural transition. And I had to look internally of if I help coaches, if I help service providers, if I help other women create businesses and follow their dreams, more people are being helped. And so that's where it was this kind of beautiful transition from health and wellness coaching to business coaching. And then again, being able to use that knowledge that I had from college and just bringing it full circle. And yeah, Were, did you have to give yourself permission almost to kind of leave the health coaching behind? Like, was that uh, hard for you to give up in a sense? Of course, because I think so often we identify with our businesses and as much as we try and separate who we are outside of business, it can be very hard. And for, you know, the first two years of my business, I was Michelle, the online health and fitness coach. I also identified a lot with my body and that's why people hired me because it's inspirational the way people look at you. And so I had this thought of, Will people take me serious? Will people be mad at me? Will they will they not like me because I changed my plans? And so for a little bit, what I did do was I tried to run both at the same time. And I'm not saying that you can't, but at the time I didn't have a team. I didn't have co-coaches. I was a one woman show trying to do it all. And it was honestly hurting my health and fitness clients. So it, it took a little bit of that inner work to really realize I have to dissolve this part of my business and my brand. Oh, and that's tough too, to just, cause it's like letting go of your baby, like, but, but you're graduating in the same sense too. You're graduating to something bigger as well. Agreed. And I think we get into this industry and we, we put all these labels on ourselves of I, do, I should do this and I should do this and I started this way, so I can't change it, but we're always changing with all the new education, the things that we invest in, whether it's mentorship, certifications, we're always learning more. So it's normal that our businesses are going to evolve as we evolve. Mm. So when you made this shift and you were trying to run both, did you have separate accounts for each? And then did you merge those accounts into one or were you starting 
new with a new demographic, new target audience, or what did that look like for you on the back end of things? So for me, what had started happening, people started reaching out to me from my fitness profiles, from either Facebook or Instagram. And so for me, I kept the page and I just rebranded and I did, you know, I had a conversation with my community of like, Hey, here's what's going on. Here's the shift that I'm making. And if you want to be a part of it, I would love to have you. But I also understand if my content no longer serves you, it's okay. And here are some people I can refer you to. And I was able to, you know, refer them to my health and fitness clients that I had at the time and, you know, enter them into different circles so they could still get that health and fitness knowledge. It just wasn't coming from me anymore. Right. I like that you referred them to someone else because I think sometimes that's the hard part of saying no to something is not wanting to leave someone hanging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and money talks too, especially no, no matter what level you're at in your business. If someone says, Hey, I'm going to pay you X amount of money, please coach me. You know, it's really realizing and being honest with yourself of, you know what, that no longer serves me. I, it doesn't feel good to take that money. And I am going to refer them somewhere because I am meant to help people in a different capacity. Yes. And then you have to trust that that money is going to come back to you and maybe even double when you're walking your purpose and doing what you really love to do. And then there's no resentment either. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, the resentment that comes on with taking projects or doing things that you don't really want to do. Every time, right? Oh man. (laughs) It just leaves you like eating your words. And then when you find yourself saying, I knew I shouldn't have done that, that's almost that key sign that you have ignored your intuition big time. Exactly. And we start to block things that we actually want, right? The more we say yes to all the things we don't want, we're not opening ourselves up to all the new possibilities, even though in that moment, because fear comes up limiting beliefs, even in that moment, if you're making a transition, or if you're, you know, getting rid of a certain program, I mean, we're always changing things inside of our businesses, realize that anything that might not serve you anymore is for the greater good, even if you can't see what's coming next, there's always more money and there's always more people to help. Ooh, so important to remember as well. So when you were making this big shift and you had said you were talking to your audience, they were supporting you on this. Of course, that meant a shift in content. That then means that you kind of have to start fresh on your content. And I feel like content is where a lot of people get hung up on. Have you found there to be a specific type of content that really converts into customers? Because we can post all day, but that doesn't mean that we're converting that into sales. Yeah. I mean, storytelling content, especially for me and in the way that I teach my clients is stories, sell, facts, tell, right? And so when we can let people into glimpses of our lives and sharing more pieces of us, there's that relatability factor. And here's the thing, when I relate to somebody, I trust them a bit more. And if I trust somebody, chances are I'm more likely to pay somebody that I don't really that I connect with versus somebody that I don't connect with. Mm, that's true. <laughs> so how do you how do you kind of pull these stories out? Because I believe that we're all natural storytellers. That is one of my beliefs that I hold near and dear to my heart. But some people are like, I can't tell a story. So how can we kind of pull that out and convert that into content? Yeah. So when it comes to stories, something I like to remind myself of is literally every day, things that we do in our day-to-day, things we do on the weekend, those are stories to tell. And I think we overthink the idea of storytelling, thinking, oh my gosh, like I have to have this big transformation story that I need to put out. And that's the only way I can tell a story. But you can tell a story about 
anything. Like there are things that I'll do, like say I'm getting ready in the morning and I'll have this realization. And I could tell that story about how I was staring at myself in the mirror and I had this aha moment and I could feel the butterflies in my stomach. I'm sharing a story right then and there and I'm making somebody feel something versus just being very matter of fact. Mm. Yeah. And even those little stories too, those little tidbits of relatability, like you said, it gives you that I know you on a little bit deeper level. Therefore, I trust you a little bit more. And I I know I have gotten hung up on, I used to do social media for mass amounts of clients abroad, internationally, you know, just really big clients. And I realized that when it came to time to finding my own voice, it was really hard because I got used to being the voice for other people, for other brands, being behind their brand. And it's really hard sometimes to kind of dig within because there is that level of vulnerability too. And how do you know, kind of how to stay true to yourself and be authentic when you're sharing this? How do you, how do we bring authenticity into our content? Yeah. So one question that one of my mentors had said to me a little while back, and I like to relay this, it's really powerful, is just asking yourself this question of what do I have to say? I think so often we get wrapped up in content and what does my ideal client need to hear today? What do they need to hear? What should I say? What's going to make people buy? But really, what do you have to say today? What's on your heart? What are you thinking about constantly on repeat? Like, what do you need to say today? And chances are you're going to come up with something and from there it's going to spark another content idea and then from there it's another content idea but it's things that are probably happening in your life at this point that you want to start talking about and that's where the authenticity comes from it's it's the real stuff that maybe you just went through or the stuff maybe you're going through right now and you're working through is share that stuff Mm. Yeah. And and it can be those, like you said, those little moments or those big moments. I saw on your social media, you are in the, are you in the process of moving or you just recently moved? Yeah. So we're in the process of moving and this is actually a great example of authenticity. So we found out back in August, like that we got our dream house. It was such a big deal. We celebrated this was six months ago and we couldn't tell anybody. (laughs) And so we've had to like keep the secret in before we got closer to closing on the house and we're moving here in just a couple weeks. And it got to the point where I felt like I couldn't show up. I felt like I had nothing to say. I was, I felt like I was hiding things from my community and that's very unlike me. And so when it comes to even just authenticity, the fact that I couldn't share this big part of my life for the last six months made me feel like I was this fraud. And I bring that up to you so that you can kind of look in and be like, what am I not sharing that they, my community would love to just support me in or that they would love to celebrate with me because I'm bringing them into my life in some way, shape or form. Mm, yes. And I love within your post, you had noted, first of all, you're moving from Florida, right? Correct. Yeah. So I'm in Florida as well. So it was like this, um, first I'm like, oh, she's in Florida. Boom. Already resonated. And then you had shared that you didn't see yourself as a homeowner. And that statement alone was like check number two, because I had never seen myself as a homeowner, but you made it bring it up point to me that I need to look in as why haven't I seen myself as a homeowner and how am I blocking that from my experience? So it was interesting how even just a very simple post about you moving kind of triggered some questions internally for me. Exactly. And now we connect on that. Now we connect on, oh my gosh, like I'm not the only one that 
didn't think that they ever wanted to own a house. Yeah. All my friends, all my clients, everyone wants to own a house except for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it it just like makes you wonder, you know, I'm like always been that one to the side. I'm like, I don't really know. I don't really want to have that big responsibility, which like what it came down to. And, you know, and I also had that commitment. Like, do I really want to stay in one place? It just felt like I'm then tied there without options, right? So a lot of those little things start to come up for me. I'm like, okay, I need to do some inner work around this. Exactly. And I mean, Lauren, even this conversation that we're having very candidly is that's authenticity, right? Like even if we both got on our stories today and shared about how we both never envisioned ourselves as homeowners and here's why, we have very similar, even just connecting points is I agree with you. I, I Even now I think about, I'm so glad that we're moving and I'm so grateful. But I also said to my fiance, like, okay, so we'll also buy a house somewhere else. And we'll also travel because the thought of sitting still as an entrepreneur is just not really for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really great point. And I think that you just nailed it. It was the point that's the whole part of just sitting still. And I mean, 2020, a lot of us sat still (laughs) in a lot of ways. So I think like that was a very confining year for so many. And I know that as entrepreneurs, a lot of us took that as an opportunity to grow. But if we go back and you had just mentioned, if we were to share this on our stories, there's a lot happening on social media right now. And I've had some people kind of reach out to me and say, I want to stay connected with you in an an engagement level, but I'm deleting my social media. I need a break from it. So how do you think that we can continue to kind of cultivate relationships online without putting all of our eggs in the social media basket? Because sometimes people do need a break, but we still want to connect with them. Yeah, I think there's two parts of this where here's the thing. If you're running an online business, this is to all the business owners listening to this. There is a component that we're going to be on social media a lot. And that doesn't mean though, that we need to be consuming a ton. And I think that's where we kind of blur the lines is like, if I run a social media business or an online business platform, that means I need to be on social media all of the time. If I'm being very honest, I'm barely scrolling through social media. I don't, so half the time, I don't even know what like, my closest friends are doing in the industry just because I've got to stay in my own lane. And I know that if I spend so much time consuming versus just focusing on connection and serving my clients, it's not going to help me. And it's also going to make me feel like I need to constantly take a break from social media. Mm. Yeah, it's the way that we're showing up for it then. Yeah. And I think just being really honest with yourself, whether you're new in business or you're, you're on, you know, you've been in the game for a little while and you're feeling exhausted with social media is, is so, am I using social media or is social media using me? And why do I feel exhausted? Ooh, that is a, that's a really good question to analyze because I think a lot of people would say social media is using me for sure. Yeah. Cause it's so easy to do. We just sit and we scroll and we, you know, we, we can look at anything. And I mean, Lauren, you, you hit the nail on the head or you said like 2020 was this year of, you know, being inside and sitting. And I mean, we're very early on into 2021 right now. Our circumstances haven't changed a ton outside of maybe going to the one restaurant every now and then we're still home a lot, which also has us on our phones more because there's not much else to do. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're just scrolling and scrolling. And you ever find that when you're in that scroll mode, I'm sure a lot of listeners can kind of relate to this is you put your phone down and then a couple minutes later, you pick it right back up and click on the same three apps that you had just 
already looked at and it's the same content and you put it back down, like I'm not missing anything, but also I'm not doing anything. So all I can do is scroll. And you just get in this like vicious trap of scrolling. (laughs) And then you're like, oh my gosh, my screen time was six hours today. What did I do? Yeah, it can be, you know, addicting. And I literally found myself doing this last night. I was watching the new girl on Netflix and I had my phone in my hand. I was like, I'm not even paying attention to the show. Michelle, put your phone down. Literally five minutes later, I'm on my phone. I'm like, okay, what am I doing? And I had to just go put my phone in the other room. And I've talked with my clients about this too. And it's, it's funny, you know, we put on the TV and we're, we're trying to relax. We're trying to unwind yet. We're still finding ourselves on our phones just because it's this quote unquote validation of I'm doing something. I'm not doing nothing. And as entrepreneurs, we like to be busy. And there is this sense of validation of if I'm doing something, that means I'm moving the needle forward. But again, as entrepreneurs, we chose freedom. So why not exercise it? Oh, that's really good. And I like that you just touched on choosing freedom because that also means that freedom that you can allow yourself to disconnect. You can allow yourself to take a break and you can allow yourself to put your phone in the other room and watch a show or a TV without checking Facebook, without checking email or replying back to clients. Like you can allow yourself that freedom. Correct. It's not going anywhere. And if somebody say DMs you at 11 AM to get in your program and you get back to them at 3 PM, they're not going anywhere. (laughs) They'll still be there wanting to get inside your program. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think another big question that comes up, especially with 2021 is strategies and sales, because a lot of people still feel like selling to people you know, maybe they've gotten the marketing piece down, they have their content piece down, but they're still not really sure how to take that person from the education stance and turn them into a buyer. So what are some of the best sales strategies that make online selling a little bit easier and feel good while you're doing it? Yeah, so I would say the first thing, um, with which might not necessarily be a strategy, but it's something that if we want to sell and we want to make more money, we have to do is you have to ask for the sale. And I think so often we get caught up in, you know, I talked about my offer on Monday and it's now Thursday. I can't talk about it again. But here's the thing, when it comes to sales and selling and making money, we can be selling all the time. And I just want to give full permission to anyone listening that you can be selling literally every single day. Your audience won't hate you. They won't be mad at you. Um, We as humans statistically need to hear the same thing seven to 10 times before it like clicks that we actually need it or want it or desire it. And so if we aren't continually talking about our offers and what we have that can transform this dream client's life, they're not going to know about it. And that's on us. And so I think we have to tune in and realize by me talking about whatever it is that I offer, whatever it is I'm selling in this moment, that's a chance every time I talk about it to change someone's life and allow them to come into my space and have this massive transformation versus just sitting there waiting for people to buy when that's not the consumer's job. Mm, that's, that's a really good point too, because if you think about just how many times you see the same commercial every time you're watching TV, it comes on to the point that, you know, my kids repeat the commercials and they're like little jingles while they're just like playing with their toys and you realize how many times it's played. So we have TV commercials and big advertisers being relentless with their sales. So it's really important as small businesses and growing businesses to be relentless with ours as well. 
Correct. And just knowing that you're not annoying. And the one thing I like to remember is if somebody does find me annoying because I'm talking about my offers, they were never going to buy anyway. And they're just watching me probably because I'm doing something maybe that they really want to do. And that's probably why it's annoying them or triggering them. And maybe down the line, they will buy. If not, they'll never buy and they'll unfollow. And that's okay. They're not my people. And I think we need to recognize that we're not for everyone. And that's okay. Ooh, yes. And the whole unfollow, my goodness, people get so fixated on their follower count. And like, I lost three followers after I posted that. I'd be like, oh, awesome. They just saw themselves out the door. And that's really great because a non-engaged follower is not what you want to have anyway. So I would rather have 500 truly engaged followers than 50,000 followers. And only a thousand of those people are really engaging. 100%. And something I see so many get caught up on is also story views and then looking at the people that are watching their stories and they're like, oh, none of these people are going to buy. I know all of these people. I don't even look at any of that because that's not what I'm here to do. I'm not here to look at all my statistics and analytics and judge and judge other people and judge myself when really here's the thing. People are always listening. They're always watching and maybe didn't watch my stories this whole last week, but then they see me next Monday and they join my program. Like you, we can't predict what's going to happen in business. So we have to stop trying to. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're still seeing that these people from high school are looking at our stories and they're like, oh, they're just being nosy. Well, let them be nosy because clearly they're curious enough to continue to watch your story. And you also don't know who that person has referred you to elsewhere. Maybe they don't need your service but maybe someone they do know or someone they know does. Exactly. And that happens literally way more often than people probably think. And when I, I mean, even just circling back to when I had first started my business, my first couple of clients were all people that knew me, people I went to high school with, old coworkers, my first cousin, like they were all people that knew me. And that was the start of my business growth. So it's also not a bad thing if people that know you are looking at your stuff and looking into hiring you. Yes. And it shouldn't make you feel bad, especially if you're then being authentic. I think then it it feels weird when you're having people who know you buy from you, if you're not being your true self and you're not showing up in an authentic way, because they're going to be able to see right through it faster than some stranger off the internet who's just found you and built a, what could be false connection with you. Correct. And I think coming back to that authenticity part, it's also trusting yourself enough to know that like, People want to buy from you. They don't want to buy from someone else's message that you took and tried to make yours. They want to buy from you and hear what you have to say. And owning that more than anything is what's going to call in the right people. Even though that can be really hard to do in a saturated market, sometimes we feel like, I just feel like I sound like everyone else. That's where it's tuning in and again, asking yourself, what do I have to say? But also, how do I want to say it? Mm. How do you feel like someone really starts to get in in tune with their own voice and kind of, you know, turn out the outside chatter of what everyone else is saying and really just go in and find those words that really convey that message? It's a really good question. I think when it comes to finding your own own voice, it's really starting with your core beliefs and your core values and starting from that point. And then how does it connect to whatever it is I'm doing in my business, whatever industry that I'm in, how do my core values, what I believe in, what's most important to me as an individual and a human, how does that correlate to my business coaching or my health and fitness coaching or, you know, my sales coaching, whatever it might be, and start bringing that to life throughout your storytelling and your messaging, because that's you. And people will start to get to know you. 
Yes, absolutely. Michelle, if there is someone listening today and they're on the fence about jumping into this entrepreneurship, this wild and crazy ride, what would you say to them? The biggest bet you could ever take is on yourself. And even as cliche as that might sound, it's true. And I think outside, we saw this throughout 2020, the, the nine to five jobs are no longer as stable as maybe they once were about a year ago. And so who's going to protect you and who's going to show up for your dreams more than you? Nobody else. Mm. That's so important to remember. You've, you've got to be your number one fan and your biggest supporter because if you're not showing up for you, you can't expect someone else to do the same. 100%. Oh, I love it. I know our audience is going to want more of Michelle in their lives. Tell us where they can go to connect with you further. Yes, I'm super easy to find. You can find me on Instagram at Michelle Hartsman. You can also connect with me on Facebook at Michelle Hartsman. And then I do have a free Facebook community called the Brave and Fierce Online Entrepreneur. It's a free group. I show up in there all the time, live trainings. It's a great community. You can follow me there and connect with me as well. Wonderful. I'll be sure to link that in this week's episode notes. Michelle, you have shared so many great tips and wisdom nuggets with us to help us level up our business in 2021. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I adore Michelle's energy and really enjoyed our conversation. Be sure to connect further with Michelle. I've linked her website and social channels in this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. And hey, while you connect with Michelle, be sure that we're connected too. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at MindBizLife. Next week, I am sharing some big news with you, and I don't want you to miss the announcement. So hit that subscribe button so that all of our episodes are delivered to your favorite podcast app each and every week. I'm back on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday, but until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.